welcome to the Daisyland Masala podcast. Daisy, D-E-S-I, is a word used to describe the peoples and cultures of the Indian subcontinent, especially in the diaspora. It derives from a Sanskrit word meaning land or country. Masala is a name used for a mixture of various kinds of ground spices that add flavor to Indian cuisine. It can also be used to describe other types of mixings, such as cultures or cuisines. Desiland Masala is focused on the diverse peoples and cultures experienced in North America by those who are blessed with Desi friends, co-workers, and neighbors. This is episode 20, State Masala, Tamil Nadu. I'm your host, Andy Pierce. India has 28 states. States are normally defined by the main language spoken, but within each state there is a masala of cultures, festivals, foods, communities, religious practices, and other languages. Daisy Masala continues a virtual audio tour of the states most likely to be represented by Daisies in North America. I'll describe each of the states in a way that will help us understand and get to know Daisies we encounter. Tamil Nadu, if you look at the map of the country of India is at the southern tip of the country and it's another example of the importance of understanding the linguistic diversity of India. It is the state where Tamil, T-A-M-I-L, is the official language and the most commonly spoken language. Also many from Tamil Nadu come to North America for a variety of jobs, especially IT jobs, and so especially after Y2K, there are more and more Tamilians, as we sometimes call them in North America, uh, for jobs. When I first met a student from the largest city in Tamil Nadu called Chennai, I spoke a few Hindi phrases to him. He understood them, but quickly told me in English that people from Tamil Nadu do not usually speak Hindi. I was surprised because I assumed that Hindi was a national language for India. In fact, that's one of the distinctives of Tamil Nadu is that many don't speak Hindi, uh, maybe understand it, but even resent uh, Hindi being forced upon them because it is a Tamil, as we will learn, is a very, very ancient classical language. And there's a lot of pride in uh, that language. And that's a big part of the identity. So Tamil Nadu, as I mentioned, is at the southernmost part of the Indian Peninsula. It's, it's bordered by the states of Kerala, Karnataka, where we have already visited, and Andhra Pradesh, where we will go in the next episode, and as well as an international maritime border with Sri Lanka. So Sri Lanka is not too far off the southern coast of Tamil Nadu. And in fact, uh, Tamil is one of the languages of uh, Sri Lanka. There are Tamilians in Sri Lanka. Uh, in terms of the geography, the uh, state of Tamil Nadu is bounded by the Western Ghats, or those are steps down to the coast to the west, and the Eastern Ghats, and that's G-H-A-T-S in the north. To the east is the Bay of Bengal, and uh, that's the major body. To the south is the Indian Ocean. Uh, Tamil Nadu is the 10th largest Indian state by area, and the 6th largest state by population with a population of close to 75 million. It's also the highest urbanized 
state in India, 48% of the people of Tamil Nadu live in urban areas. So that's very high. The rest of India is much lower. Also, the fertility rate in Tamil Nadu is very low, the lowest fertility rate of any state in India. And so it's about 1.5 children, ch children per woman, and that is going down. Tamil Nadu also has the India's third largest, longest coastline, about 563 miles. The capital is Chennai, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. And again, as I said, that Tamil language is the uh, one of the longest surviving classical languages in the world. And it serves actually as the official language of the state of Tamil Nadu. So when we meet Tamilians, that's an important fact to know. In terms of the history, the region containing Tamil Nadu was uh, ruled by several regimes and going way, way back. And uh, eventually the kingdom of Mysore was the ruler and until the British colonized the region and administered it as part of the Madras presidency headquartered in the city of Madras. And Madras, it's also important to know, changed its name to Chennai, uh, more of an ancient name in 1996. And so after India's independence in 1947, the Madras state was formed and the borders were drawn basically by language. And so the Madras presidency used to contain, in the past contained Kerala and Karnataka and Andhra Pradesh uh, geographically. And in 1969, the name was changed officially to Tamil Nadu. There are a number of historic buildings and many pilgrimage sites in Tamil Nadu. Uh, the economy of Tamil Nadu is the second largest in India, a very prosperous state. Uh, the the uh, GDP is the 11th uh, highest per capita of all of India and one of the most industrialized states. So the manufacturing sector accounts for a large percentage of the state's GDP. Also, there's a very strong tourism industry as well. And so the business stretches back to the 17th century when Europeans, not just British, but uh, Dutch and the French established trade centers along the, the eastern coast. And uh, there were uh, the British, of course, under the East India Company, established the first settlement just a little bit south of present-day Chennai. The British also constructed Fort St. George, and the trading post at Madras was the beginning of the city of Chennai. The French established a trading post at Pondicherry by 1693. That's another large city in Tamil Nadu. And there were quite a bit, there was quite a bit of friction and battles between the British and the French, as well as the, uh, the rulers, the Indian rulers of that region. And so a lot of conflict and eventually the British East India Company uh, became very, very powerful and uh, began to rule. And so um, Chennai uh, is important to talk about. A large percentage of the Tamilians that we meet here in North America are from Chennai. And I've actually been there about 10 years ago. It's a very peaceful city for a large city, a lot of great historic sites. And so again, it was formerly known as Madras and the, it's the capital city. Close to 9 million people live in Chennai, which is 
by far the biggest city in Tamil Nadu. And it is also very diverse. And so because of being a cultural and economic and educational center of South India, there are quite a few who move there for jobs uh, from Bangalore, from Mumbai, from Delhi, from Hyderabad. And so there's a, there are significant populations of Telugu speakers, Gujaratis, of course, uh, Parsis, uh, people from the Sindhi people group, Bengalis, uh, Punjabis, Malayalis from Kerala. And so very, very diverse uh, city, unlike uh, some of the other cities in India. Uh, also diverse from a religious perspective, uh, Chennai's population is about 80% Hindu, uh, about 9.5% Muslim, and almost 8% Christian. So those are significant populations in the city. When I was in Chennai, I remember uh, visiting one, uh, having a wonderful time on Marina Beach, which is an urban beach in Chennai, uh, right along the Bay of Bengal. And it runs from close near Fort St. George uh, in the north uh, to Fort Share Estate in the south. And it's uh, known, it's 3.7 miles, which is six kilometers. And it's the second lo longest urban beach in the world. So uh, those pe people from Chennai have a lot of pride in that. The longest, by the way, is in, in Bangladesh. Another uh, part of uh, Chennai that has a big impact, and also in Tamil Nadu, uh, was the tsunami that struck that region on December 26, 2004. So when I was in Chennai walking toward Marina Beach, there, was, there were markers denoting the high point of the water that came in the tsunami. And about 8,000 people in Tamil Nadu, many of whom were in Chennai, were killed in the tsunami. I saw remnants of, of uh, buildings on Marina Beach uh, where fi fisher uh, families were involved in fishing live. So it was very sad to see. Of course, there were many, many more deaths in Indonesia and that tsunami, but it, that was a significant observation to see the, 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 the high water marks indicated. Also, Chennai is the headquarters of Tamil language uh, cinema and it's actually known as Kollywood, K-O-L-L-Y-W-O-D, the same way that Bollywood originates in uh, Mumbai. Uh, but this is with a, or Bombay, this is with a K, and it's uh, took me a little bit of research, but it's because the Tamil language cinema is produced in the uh, Kodam Bakam neighborhood of Chennai, which is K-O-D-A-M-B-A-K-K-A-M. So that's why it's called Kollywood with a, with a K. And it's a, a very large, uh, long-standing industry. We think of Bollywood as being such a big deal, and it is. But the first talking motion picture uh, in Tamil was October 31st, 1931. And there's been a steady stream of Tamil language cinema and some amazing stars and a global presence of Tamil language cinema because Tamilians are many, many countries, uh, Singapore, Sri Lanka, of course, uh, Malaysia, and so throughout uh, regions where there are Tamil speakers, there is significant uh, impact of Tamil language cinema, cinema. Also, when I was in Chennai, I visited IIT Madras, or Indian Institute of Technology, which has maintained that, uh, that name. And it's a, it was a beautiful campus, 
behind high walls and uh, very peaceful. And so I enjoyed visiting IIT Madras. And as I mentioned, Chennai is such a large city, but very diverse and very peaceful. Another important part of culture in Tamil Nadu and also in uh, Chennai is music. And so there's a very, very powerful and influential music industry. In fact, it's also uh, very famous for the, as being the home of double Oscar winner A.R. Raymond, R-A-H-M-A-N. Uh, so he is from Tamil Nadu and has is, is known as the Mozart of Madras. So he has composed many wonderful musical scores and songs. But the most well-known uh, music in Tamil Nadu, and especially in Chennai, is called uh, Carnatic music, C-A-R-N-A-T-I-C. And so this is an ancient classical music and uh, throughout South India, but very, very well known in Tamil Nadu. And it's a sub-genre uh, that co combines different influences. And uh, usually it is uh, sung through compositions in different forms, such as Kriti, K-R-I-T-I, which is kind of a song in response. And it's usually performed by a small group of musicians, usually with a, a vocalist and then a melodic accompaniment such as a violin and rhythm as well. And so it's, it's various uh, types, but there are music festivals held throughout South India and the Madras music season is considered to be one of the largest cultural events that shows you the popularity of Carnatic music. And so the food also is important to talk about and so when I was in uh, Chennai, I ate a lot of idli, which is a steamed rice cake, uh, usually for breakfast. And that's served with sambar, which is kind of a watery, uh, soupy uh, dal, which is lentils and a little bit spicy. South India, especially in Chennai, is very, very famous for dosa, which is a fermented uh, rice flour almost looks like a crepe, very, very thin. That's also served with sambar, as well as different uh, chutneys, uh, especially coconut chutney. So in Tamil Nadu, uh, coconuts are very, very much a big part of the cuisine. Also mangoes and other other fruits, but idli dosa, idli and dosa are, are very, very common. And that's the classical, uh, classic Tamil Nadu breakfast and, uh, and meal. Uh, coffee is consumed more than other parts of India. And so there, there is a lot of tea, but, but coffee is consumed quite a bit in Tamil Nadu. But the food uh, is just like many states of India is very different. And the rice pudding, which is called kheer in the north part of India is also common in Tamil Nadu. And there's, as I said, cultural differences. And so other parts of India will sometimes criticize food from Chennai as being boring and uh, not as spicy as let's say Gujarati food. But it, what I have seen is it's very, very hard to make dosa. It's, and I've tried it. It has to be spread very, very thinly on a special pan and taken off just at the right time. So it's very, very hard to make. And so what I've noticed is my North Indian friends, when they go to restaurants, let's say in little India, they often head straight for a restaurant such as Chennai Dosa Corner. 
and they have dosa because it's it is tasty. That's a favorite of my my kids. And uh, masala dosa is a special uh, version that has a mix of potatoes and onions, a lot of turmeric on the inside. But uh, dosa is is favored all over India, partly because it's so hard to make. But that's that's the classic uh, traditional uh, food from Tamil Nadu, as well as idli, as I said, the steamed rice, rice cakes, which are also hard to make. And so it's a when I was in Chennai for close to a week, uh, every breakfast was was idli, and that that that's always served. And uh, there's also a variety of of uh, tasty food as well. So uh, the next episode, we will head north from Tamil Nadu and up the east coast of India to visit the area where even more uh, Desi IT workers come from. It was the state of Andhra Pradesh, one state until 2014, when it was divided into two states, and the new state of Telangana was created. And, and that's a good example of linguistic diversity. Uh, Telangana and that area under Pradesh as well, the main language is Telugu. And so we're going to cover them together since Telangana is so recent and the largest city, Hyderabad, is in actually in Telangana state, not in Andhra Pradesh. So we will be there the next episode. Thank you to my producer, Wendy. Thank you for listening. You may follow Desiland Masala on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Until next time, goodbye.